Hello? Hello. Hi. 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 How are you? I How are you doing? Um <clears throat> You know the same. Yeah. Same. Um I'm doing okay. Uh I finally had the conversation with my boss that uh I would really prefer not to come in every other week because while limiting the frequency that I would potentially be exposed, uh, doesn't really limit the exposure. Yeah. Um, and I was really, really nervous about that conversation and she was really great about it. Um, and super understood. And so that was nice. So now I'm officially working from home for the foreseeable future. Um, so while that's a little, daunting for other reasons it it certainly helps the anxiety which is great yeah i get that yeah and um yeah it's been it it's been a little rough the last couple days because my head has been really bad Mm. (laughs) i was like this this seems not fair i shouldn't have a migraine and also be in quarantine at the same time yeah that's kind of how i feel or how i felt when I got my period in quarantine, I was like, come on, can't, can't we just, can't we just put a hold on everything yeah. while we're doing this? Yeah. How come nature has Although to Although I, so, so I'm also on my period, which I'm sure is assisting Oof, my migraine, buddy. which is great. But, um, but I had that same feeling the other day where I was like, man, periods should be illegal during quarantine. And then I was like, wait, that's just being pregnant and like, <laughs> fuck that more. So hundred yeah, percent. No, thank you. No, thank you. I saw an article headline today that was like, while people joke about quarantine baby booms, here's why it's actually not a good idea to get pregnant in quarantine. And I was like, of course it's not a good idea to get pregnant in quarantine. Why does anybody need an article to tell them this? Oh, my sweet cousin is like six months pregnant right now. And um, her husband is in some sort of military training um, that I can never remember what it actually is, but he's not there. And then her work, they had a confirmed case. So now she is in isolated quarantine for wow. two weeks wow. alone, six months pregnant. Oh, no, thanks. I can't imagine. No, thanks, no thanks for all of that. Thank you. She's a stronger lady than I am. A hundred percent. And I will. That pass. sounds terrible. <laughs> sounds like the worst thing. God bless yeah. everybody that's yeah. out there pregnant in this horribleness. Honestly, You're a lot stronger than you us, are, and wow. You are literal queens. Mm-hmm. 100%. Wow. Yeah. Because, like, what do you do? Alex was posting the other day about, like, her cravings, Oof. and she, like, can't get anything. Oh, so God. That's, like, the one thing when you're pregnant that you should be able to do as much of as you want is just, like, eat anything that you want. Yeah. You and follow those can't. cravings to the end of the earth. Ugh. Yeah. I know. No, thanks. I'm good. So shout out to Alex. You are a strong lady. (laughs) Your child will thank you someday. Most likely. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, Well, what are you drinking today? Are you having some coffee? I, no, (laughs) I'm drinking a White Claw. Yeah, you are. Uh, yeah, I am. And it definitely might turn into coffee after this, but I figured for recording and we like, we called, uh, 
our buddies last night. Everybody was having beers and stuff, and I tried to have a white claw, but my head was like, bitch, no. Yeah. So I ended up, I, w- I just had sunglasses on the whole time, and finally at, like, 8 o'clock, I was like, sorry, guys, I'm going to bed. <laughs> like, no, nope, yeah, sorry, fair. I had been asleep, like, literally 30 seconds before we called them, and Evan came upstairs and was like, hey, if you want to see our friends, like, I'm going to I'm gonna go call them. And so I, like, came downstairs, and I had my Christmas shark sweater on and sunglasses, <laughs> and I was... I was in it for about an hour and a half, and I was like, okay, yeah, that's pretty good. bye, I'm out. <laughs> I think I think an hour so, and a half is very respectable. Thank you. Hang out upstairs until I fall asleep, and then I immediately fell asleep. Like, I woke up this morning <laughs> to a full glass of water, save for some cat hairs, because Ellie in the night sure. will come and drink out of my water. That's so, so gross. Anyway, I'm having, I'm having a, a white cloth. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Ellie, every time... Every time I have a glass of water or really anything in a cup and she thinks that I'm not paying attention to her, she'll go over and she'll like start sticking her face in it. But she's so skittish that (laughs) as soon as I see her, I just have to go, hey, and then she just immediately (laughs) runs away. But she always like, she she always makes this like little noise, like, like she didn't think I was going to catch her. She's always like, (laughs) (laughs) Like, every time if I catch her doing anything, she goes, and then she runs away. (laughs) <laughs> she's real dumb Valkyrie she's whoever real dumb one. owned her previously definitely gave her beer because every time we open one she like starts to like sniff <laughs> on it and be like what do you what do you oh, have there no. and then she'll try and drink some of it and we'll always be like no and pull it away from her and she'll be like oh that's that's cool that's cool that's cool and then she'll wait like 20 <laughs> seconds and give us this little side eye and slowly move her mouth towards it again and slowly try and start drinking again. We're like, we see you. No. And she's like, oh, that's that. No, yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Okay. And then just slowly so back. Casual. <laughs> yeah. Very chill. I love it. So sneak. What are you drinking? I'm having me a hard booch. Hard kombucha. Oh. With a hard hibiscus. Booch. Yeah. Beer spiked Chew. kombucha with hibiscus. It's called Flamingo Prince. And it's from Weiner Beer Company. If you're in the Chicagoland area, Weiner Beer is delivering. So there you have it. Good news. Yeah. Shout out to Beer Deliveries. It's a good time. One of the guys, so Weiner is the brewery that Trevor's brother works at. And so he was out doing Mm -hmm. deliveries and was just like, hey, I'm really close to your apartment. And Trevor's like, I'll swap you a four pack. (laughs) So they just had a little (laughs) swapsies. It was a good time. Nice. Um, also, welcome nice. to Babetown, Taylor. Oh, man. Welcome to Babetown, Reagan. Thank you. I I got so quick on the draw, and now I'm back. It's the my... first and only thing I was thinking about whenever we signed on. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it today. got to get it. Yeah. I've been slacking. I got a lot. <clears throat> um, in other news, mm-hmm. I've gotten... Evan fully conditioned to Babetown and it's the best because he frequently goes to bed after I do and I keep waking up to Wikipedia links to cool ladies that he's finding for me. Oh my god, that's <laughs> He's like, so have you done cool. this one? Have you done this lady? Have you heard oh. about this lady? What about this lady? So Wow. Damn, it's pretty great. <laughs> I thought I had Trevor conditioned, but it's just to like, okay, here's the dog at the closed door. Here's the Wow. That's like that's peak. No, it's that's amazing. It's nice. It's really nice. Wow. 
So I already know who I'm doing next week because I woke oh. up this morning to a Wikipedia link. Look at you. So. I totally do too. Oh. So, ha, huh. take that. Yeah. I have no idea yeah. who I'm going to do next week, but I have a huge list. So I'll snatch somebody from the list. It'll be great. Yeah. Also, if you're listening and you have suggestions uh, of people you would like us to cover, please email them to us at BigPumPod. At Gmail. We'd love it. At Gmail. We'd really love that. That'd be really great. Yeah. Um, all of our business. Is that? Do you have business? I don't have business. I don't think I have any business either. Because I'm unemployed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's going well. Uh, what yep. year was your babe born? <laughs> um, my babe was born in 1850. Ooh, we are like neck and neck now every week. We somehow manage to get our babes like. I right. don't know what I'm going to do the year, the, the week that our babe was born in the same year. Hopefully we'll know the month and the day, but like mine, I just yeah. know the year today, but I am going first. I squeaked in ahead of you. You are going first. What I am. What year? Well, tell me. Just tell me about it. 1847. Let me tell you about it. Oh, about dang. <laughs> I know. I just like. Okay. I squeezed in underneath you. Oh, dang. Um, okay. So this babe has been on my list for quite some time, and I don't know why I haven't done her yet. Um, okay. So cool. the thing about this okay. babe tell is. Tell me all about your babe. I'm so excited. We don't know a ton about her life. There's a lot of like. Like. Um not circumstance that's not the word I'm looking for there's a lot of like uh context I guess in her life okay so Taylor have you ever heard of Nakano Takeko no Ooh, ooh, ooh. okay um at the top (laughs) I would like to say I'm so excited um some articles have her name written as Nakano Takeko and some places have it written as Takeko Nakano um, but everybody pretty much oh. just calls her Nakano. So I don't know which one is first and which one is last. But everybody okay. just calls her Nakano, so that's what I'm going to call her. And right. I really hope I'm pronouncing these things right. I deeply apologize to everyone that speaks Japanese. Um, okay. So, Nakano is born 1847. No idea what month or day. It doesn't matter. Great. Um, so some places say that she was born in Aizu and then moved to Edo, some places, which is current day Tokyo. There's kind of like, a, there's a little bit of like mix up about which town she was actually born in and then moved to. Who knows? Um, but she was the firstborn child of a powerful family of samurai, including her father and her maternal grandfather. Um, But she was adopted for some reason by a martial arts teacher named Akaoka Daisuke. Again, I apologize. Um, So he's this like crazy, awesome, sought after teacher. He's real good. And he like takes her under his wing. I think the confusion is because when he adopted her, he took her to Edo, current day Tokyo. And so that's where like she was originally born in one. And then he moved her there when he adopted her, I think. Okay. Okay. But she's six years old when he adopts her 
And he begins to train her for eight hours a day in martial arts and combat, hand-to-hand combat, using a naginata, which is a 18-inch blade at the end of a long pole that just builds a six-foot weapon of death. Wow. So eight hours a day when as a you're six, six year old. Yeah. He doesn't you couldn't get me to do shit for eight hours a day when no. I was six. You might get me to make up songs and quote unquote entertain you, but it would be chaos. And that's pretty much all I would do for eight hours a day. Or talk. Yeah. If you were like, I bet you couldn't talk for eight hours, I'd be like, challenge accepted. Once upon a time. <laughs> But anything that required any amount of focus, absolutely not. Yeah, mine might have been like eating carrots. You liked carrots that much? Oh, my God, dude. When I was a kid, I turned orange because I ate so many carrots. Wait, wait, wait. wait. How is okay. this a thing that you don't know about me? How You turned orange? That's a thing that can happen? Yeah, I ate so many carrots that I turned orange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> carrots? I fucking love carrots. They're my favorite food, like to this day. I knew that you loved like um, Cracker Barrel carrots. And every time I pass by one or I used to pass by one, I'd be like, man, I should get yeah. some carrots. But I didn't realize it was like to the point of becoming an Oompa Loompa. No, all carrots all the time. Are I there love any them. photos of this? <laughs> A thousand years carrots. Carrots 2020. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Take this episode, carrots 2020. Um. Um, are there any photos of this? I have to see this. I'm sure that I'm sure my mom has some photos. I can try and I can try and see if Kimberly, please. If she's got any, but it might not be for a while because she's in Oregon. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's a true, it's a real thing though that can happen. So <laughs> I am <doing> immediately <laughs> after we finish. <laughs> so now everyone knows that oh, I was a orange at one point in my life. Yeah. What a weirdo. Okay, so back so, to <laughs> so eight hours a day, six, eight hours a day, six years, years old. old. So he does this for ten years. He trains her eight hours a day for ten years. Um, wow. he was also teaching her like poetry, history, literature, art. She was a well-rounded badass, but she was right. mostly interested in stories of female samurai because, I mean, me too. That's the coolest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, she eventually became certified in that one hand sword style, the Naginata. Um, and she began teaching women younger than her, which she's still 16. And she's teaching right. women in combat, which wasn't super uncommon for women to train martial arts, especially in that weapon, the Naginata. Most noble families mm-hmm. at the time insisted that women in their family receive training um and could defend themselves and that was the most popular form but she was she was so good she was teaching like she taught the wife of a lord she's teaching everybody and even among women who knew what they were doing with the six foot blade of death she was still considered like special which yeah with one-on-one training for 10 years with the master I mean, yeah. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, you're going to be real good. You're going to be real good. She is so good at eating carrots. It's crazy. Um, 
I'm sorry. I'll never get over it. It's going to live in my mind. I regret telling this. (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much. Um, So the... The Naginata, the weapon, I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing these incorrectly to everyone that knows Japanese history. Um, it it gave you a little bit of a, a, a one-up on samurai because they had heavy armor and then they carried swords. But if you could wield the Naginata correctly, it could penetrate the armor and it kept you a safe distance away from the sword and it could give you some some leverage. So ultimately, she's just killing it. Dang. So at some point, her adopted father master person wants her to, like, marry her nephew or someone that she was related to or an adopted cousin or something. I'm not completely positive who she wanted her to marry, but she was like, nah, fuck that. And so she returned to her birth family in uh, Aizu. Aizu. I should have looked up how to pronounce these. Anyway. So then. You're doing great. Thank you. I'm doing something. Some words are coming out. Um, so around this time is when the Boshin War is happening. And if you've seen The Last Samurai, that's the war that's going on. If you didn't, that's fine. It's Tom Cruise. Um, but basically, as the world was progressing in like combat and weaponry and war, it was just after the American Civil War. There was a large faction of Japanese people that wanted to keep the old ways and honor the way of the samurai and didn't want to um, change with the world. But then the other side were like, no, this is the best. We need to progress at the times. We need to go with the new way. And ultimately it led to a civil war in Japan called the Boshin War. So Nakano was on the side of the old school samurai. Um, And... The, quote, Restoration Imperial imperial Soldiers um, were the the new progressive people. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, I think so. Okay. So, Restoration Imperial Soldiers overthrew the Shogun, and it, I think, uh, eventually got the Shogun to, um, to surrender, but then... Throughout the country, there were still little pockets of people that were like, no, fuck that. We're not going like even though you overthrew our leader, we're still going to live in our our own way in our own communities. So then they start going like village to village, town to town and conquering all these people all over again just to like force them into their new way. So they start implementing all these changes, starting to modernize Japan. And one of the places that resisted was her town of Aizu. So, October okay. 1868, she's 22 years old, the Battle of Aizu happens, and it was 5,000 samurai warriors up against 30,000 Restoration Imperial soldiers, which... Wow, not, those are not great odds. Not great odds. And they have, you know, it's like swords versus rifles. So no matter how great yeah. you are at your craft, a bullet will take you down. And also... And also, like, six times as many people. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, but they, the samurai managed to hold them off for five days. Nakano kept wow. trying to fight. She kept trying to, like, join the front lines. They wouldn't let her. They wouldn't let her. So, finally, she's put in charge of a group of women warriors called the Joshitai. Um, and it was, like, I think it was, like, 20 or 30 women. 
Um, yeah, 20 to 30. Including Nakano's mother and her 17-year-old sister. So, this 22-year-old is now in charge of her own battalion. Um, she and her sister made a suicide pact that if they were to get captured, they would kill the other one so that the soldiers couldn't, you know, desecrate their bodies or keep them as trophies or anything like that. Terrible. Yeah. So they were very clever about it, though. The Joshi Tai, the women, they dressed in loose, loose clothing and they either cut their hair or they pulled it back. So initially when they were charging, the soldiers on the other side thought that they were like teenage boys running at them. And they were a little bit confused. But then once they realized they were women, their initial reaction was to hold fire, not necessarily to spare their lives, but because they wanted them alive for when they could rape them after the battle. Because people are horrible. Horrible. But of course, Nakano and the Joshitai are having absolutely none of that. So when they hesitated, when the other side hesitated, it gave them the advantage they needed and they got their naginaras in range of the rifled men. And this is when everything goes crazy. So she's leading the charge. She immediately stabs a dude in his skull with her naginata and just begins an onslaught. And the women around her are fighting, but she's just like, absolutely not. So in the matter of a few seconds, she manages to cut down six battle trained warriors with guns before someone was able to get a shot out at her. Wow. She, she does get shot in the chest. And as she fell, her sister, her 17-year-old sister, Yuko, runs to her side. And she asked her sister to cut off her head so that the enemy couldn't have it. Because that was apparently a thing that they did. Which is casual, horrible. Um, but Yuko agrees, and she manages to get away. The people of Aizu held out for several more days. They did ultimately fall. There was, I mean... In my mind, there was no way they were going to win that. Right. On um, but Yuko managed to get away and bury Nakano outside of a temple in Fukushima. And her naginata was also donated to the temple and is apparently still on display at Hokai Temple. But I couldn't find any pictures of it. But apparently it's still a thing. Wow. Um, she's still considered wow. a local hero. And every year they have the Aizu Autumn Festival and there's a parade where one woman dresses up as Nakano and a few other women dress up as the Joshitai. And they, you know, travel through town honoring the sacrifice that those women made fighting for their people, which is just the coolest thing. Oh, my God. Um, There's also a monument dedicated to her beside her grave under this, like, beautiful pine tree. And it's gorgeous. Um. So in 1868, the emperor of Japan returned to power. The samurai class was abolished and they created a Western style national army, but it made Nakano Takeko one of the last samurai in history. The end. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've had her on my list for so long, but it's such a brief, like, like I don't know a ball of fire where she just like runs out and oh man yeah it's crazy wow I'm so impressed by her that's a really really good one not crazy anyway dang yeah I am a huge fan 
Um, to source my shit real quick, obviously Wikipedia, uh, thefemalesoldier.com. Uh, the Smithsonian Channel has a video called Samurai Warrior Queens. I, some places talked about a movie about her, but I couldn't really find it. Um, there's a website called Badass of the Week that was a hilarious article that was written in the way that we talk. And so it was like, she was like, fuck that and fucked right off to whatever. You know, it was, it's hilarious. That was, was, I think that they, I think that they were in my Tamiris one. That makes sense. That makes so much sense. Yeah. There was no name attached to it, so I have no idea who's writing this, but they're hilarious, and I had a blast reading it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then there's a, there's a website called ahistoryblog.com that's run by a guy named Bruce Ware Allen. And at the end of his article about Nakano and, like, you know, standing up for what they believed and standing up for the way of the samurai, he literally ends the article with Tom Cruise had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Amazing. Yep. Agreed. As in most things in history. So wait, hang on. I've never seen, I've never seen The Last Samurai. Tom Cruise plays a samurai. Well, so he plays a guy that's like sent, he plays a, he was a commander in the Civil War or something. He's some military dude that is sent to try and convince these people that there doesn't need to be bloodshed. They just need to accept the new way. But while he's there, he falls in love with the way of the samurai. He falls in love with the Japanese culture. And they teach him and train him how to fight like a samurai. So then he ends up fighting on that side in the battle. And then everybody dies. Huh. That sounds like a Tom Cruise movie. It sure is. 100%. <laughs> I think okay. somehow... I think he survives somehow because I seem to remember him at the end getting honored and he's like limping. I don't know, but <laughs> Tom Cruise. Yeah. It's, it's a whole thing, but anyway, wow. they did not in my memory of the movie in the one time that I watched it, however many years ago, I don't remember Nakano Takeko being in it, but damn, I wish he had been. Yeah, really? All right. Dang. I'm going to sit back with my booch and uh, you're up. Great. All right. Well, um, it might be kind of a short episode this week because mine is a little short, too. Um, so, Reagan. Taylor. Have you ever heard of Charlotte E. Ray? Charlotte E. Ray. I don't think so, no. Yay. Was she born in 1850? She was born in 1850. Ah, you are so smart. Um, okay, yeah. So she is born January 13th, 1850 in New York City. Okay. She is the youngest of three girls. Um, her father was Reverend Charles Bennett Ray. He was a prominent abolitionist and the owner of the Colored American, which was one of the leading African-American newspapers of the time. Okay. So her family is like progressive as fuck, right? Which like amazing. amazing. So... She is originally from New York City, but her family moved to D.C. And all of the timelines for when that happened are real weird. I found <laughs> one I found one reference that they moved to D.C. in 1850, which is the year she was born. So, like, she's not really from New York City. But then I found some that say that it was, like, years later. So, eventually, she moves to D.C. Sure, I um, get it. 
And um, either way, so she ends up studying at the Institution for the Education of Colored Youth in D.C. Um, It was the only place in town that would accept African-American girls as pupils. Yikes. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, She graduates in 1869. She was 19. And pretty much she immediately starts teaching at Howard University in its preparatory and normal department, (laughs) which, like, I don't really know what that means, but ultimately it trained teachers how to be teachers. Yeah, I hear I hear um, the term like normal school thrown around in old school stuff. And I don't know if that means. I like, don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. But OK, normal school. Cool, cool, cool. Like, I have no idea what that means. I don't know. Um, so she worked in the normal department. Sure. Uh, and she so she was training teachers and she's like, yeah, sweet. This is great. But also. I don't want to be a teacher forever. Um, So she sets her sights on law school. Howard University's law school at the time, quote unquote, discouraged women from applying, which I was really confused on what that meant. And then I found a history.com article that talked that said, quote, Howard didn't discriminate under any basis. But apparently it was women at the time that she enrolled Howard University's law school didn't accept didn't let women take the bar exam. So mm-hmm. I think it might have been like Howard University, you could go to law school if you were a woman, but there wasn't much point because right. it was in DC and DC couldn't take the bar. So so I think that might be what that means, but I'm not really sure. Because everywhere that I read was like, yeah, like it it took some doing getting her into law school, but like, it wasn't really forbidden. It was all super vague. So I think that's and what that means. Um, I'm sure at that the time end. they could be like, they could say like, we technically don't discriminate, but then find some trivial reason why this person couldn't be accepted. Totally. You know, I feel like super, there's a super, lot super of gray area there. Yeah. But she was like already teaching yeah. there. I don't know. Um. Anyway. So um, she ends up applying to Howard University's law program under the name C.E. Ray, so just her initials, so that um, she would be accepted, and it worked. So she got accepted. Um, Apparently, under there was one lady who wrote that, um, like in the late 1800s, that wrote that there was some commotion when they found out that it was actually a woman, but then other historians have disputed that and said, no, no, like it's a Howard University accepted women, but it just wasn't normal so i don't know there's like some controversy about whether or not she, I wonder what it that actually was necessary was. for her to apply under her initials but <laughs> right i know i just picture like a bunch of dudes in a room being like wait a minute this was a lady yeah i picture like it's it's escalating in my mind to where they're like all in a tizzy and just running around back and forth to each other and there are papers flying for some <laughs> reason and they just can't grasp what's going on anyway what a commotion Wait a minute, a woman wants to be a lawyer? Hold the phone. Hold this phone for me, woman. So, so um, Charlotte ends up focusing on commercial law while she's at Howard University. Um, she ends up spending three years in the program, and in 1872, she graduates and becomes the first black woman to graduate from law school and receive a degree, and the third woman in America ever, period, to complete law school. Oh, my God. Right. Ooh. 1872. Wow. So, um, 
Good news. Not long before she graduates, the D.C. Bar Association had finally removed the word male from its bar requirement. Good. And so she also becomes the first woman admitted to the D.C. Bar Association, and she is able to practice law in D.C. Um, And with that, she becomes the first black woman certified as a lawyer in the U.S. Wow. That's amazing. And also, it says something about, like, yes, they can discourage people at the beginning because they couldn't you know, take the bar, but also they couldn't yet. And so right. it right. it says something about like, I'm going to do it anyway, because it will likely change. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, so eventually Charlotte opens up her own legal practice, but there is very little information about it. Um, unsurprisingly, it was super difficult for her to operate because of the gender and the racial biases that she faced. So um, it was a short-lived legal practice. With that being said, let's swing topics and talk about, talk about Martha Gadley for a minute. Okay. You ready? Ready. Okay. Martha Gadley was a um, illiterate black woman who was in a super, super awful abusive marriage. Oh, no. Um, There are stories that her husband was a drunk and would get super violent. One story is that he made her sleep on the floor of their second like they they their bedroom was on the second floor and he mm-hmm. made her sleep on the floor and then used an axe to chop through the <gasps> floor and tried to push her through the hole so that oh. she would fall a full story. Oh um, he, like every time she left the house, he would like lock the doors with padlocks so that she couldn't come back as a way of like punishing her for leaving the house. So finally, she's like, fuck all this. She decides to file for divorce, but it's 1875 and oh. the law doesn't give a shit. So um, by the way, uh, the dollop has a great episode about divorce courts in the U S during this time. And it's mm-hmm. fascinating and such a bummer. And I didn't know that any of it happened. So um, if you want more context for this, everybody go listen to the dollop. It's I think the title of the episode is divorce courts. So okay. it's easy to find. Um, so Martha ends up um, after, after regular courts wouldn't back her up. She decides to take it higher and, um, wants to appeal to the, the uh, D.C. Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So she needs a lawyer. So who does she find but our yes. girl Charlotte? Yes. So Charlotte immediately decides to help Martha. Um, she helps Martha take this to the D.C. Supreme Court. She wrote such an impassioned petition to the court that she fucking won. It was like a super rare occurrence that this happened, that she, A, won a divorce, B, won a divorce, at the Supreme Court level. C won a divorce at the Supreme Court level for an illiterate black woman, and D was a was like the first black female lawyer. Man, amazing. Yeah, I wish. Does that speech still exist? Amazing. Or does that petition still exist? Because I would love to read that. I don't know. I don't know. That's a really good. I didn't even look. Just for her to confess <laughs> what I'm sure were a panel of old white men. That, yeah, I mean, it's got to be so good. Yeah. And also, like, this was at a time where, like, people didn't give a shit about domestic violence. It's just like, oh, you're married. That's what. Right. So it's pretty impressive, kind of on all fronts, that that she was successful. That's the most impressive. Dude, it's. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. So she, let's see, let's do some math here. So she graduated law school in 1872. 
1879, her practice is done. Whoa. Because she couldn't get enough clients because of every horrible stereotype and like bias that exists. So, um, so 1876, so she kind of pivots and decides to kind of be more, um, um, civically active. So 1876, she becomes a delegate to the national women's suffrage association and fought like the rest of her life for women's suffrage. Um, Um, 1879 is when she returned to New York. She ends up working as a teacher in Brooklyn Mm -hmm. and kind of focused the rest of her energies on, um, different civil rights issues. So 1895, she joins the newly born National Association of Colored Women. And that's kind of all that we know about Charlotte Ray. So she got married in 1886, but there was no word on how long it lasted. She didn't have any kids. Um, so she eventually dies in New York on January 4th, 1911. She was 61. Damn. I couldn't find even what she died of, but Damn. she's like this historical Genius. trailblazer and yeah. there's so little information about her, but, yeah. but like, that's the thing is that like, like in hindsight, she was crazy successful, but at the time she was not like, she couldn't. Yeah. yeah keep her practice afloat because people despite wouldn't go to her because she was a woman and she was black. Yeah. Despite obviously being incredibly talented and incredibly right. smart. And, and like savvy. a genius. Yeah. Oh, uh, and like saving that sweet woman's life, Seriously. literally saving her L- life, literally, quite literally, literally saving her life. Like, it's just, Oh, uh, I read that story. And I was like, man, this is such a bummer that, yeah. There's not just a ton of information about this lady and also that her, I mean, literally that's the only like case that I could find of hers. It's the only one. But Hey, I thought she was awesome. Saved a woman's life. So that's pretty cool. Yep. Saved a woman's life. So, um, to source my shit, uh, history.com has a great article written by Aaron Blakemore called Charlotte E. Ray's brief, but historic career as the first U S black woman attorney. Um, Britannica.com, blackpast.com has a great article by Howard Caballo, Caballo maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the leadership conference on civil, civil and human rights website, which is civilrights.org has a a chat about Charlotte Ray. Man, that's so cool. So cool. She's so cool. She's so cool. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So, some short but sweet babes this week. One thing that I kind of hope as time goes on and people are, specifically women, but people are, like, looking back and digging through history to learn about these people is that we will start to uncover more and more information, you know? Yeah. Like, I hope that we're able to discover more and more, you know, court documents or... I don't know, marriage license, you know, whatever is in the system so that we can piece together more and more about these people's lives. Good job, dude. Thanks. Who's your babe this week? Um, my babe continuing on with the unconventional because all of this is strange and weird. Unconventional. Yeah. It's all unconventional. Um, honestly, it's just like, all of my friends that randomly text me 
like asking how I am mm-hmm. or sending a stupid meme or I had two people send me the same video from TikTok because they were like, hey, this reminded me of you. And I was like, oh, thanks. Oh, like, ju- you know, just like little I've been really yeah. starting to feel the the lack of um, social face to face interaction um, this past week. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling it's only going to get worse. But um, just those little those little nuggets. You're in there, too, obviously. Um, but, yeah, just uh, all the all the really cool people that have reached out and let me know that they're thinking of me. They're, you know, this by all means doesn't mean. And I know that this sounds um, like really dramatic and ridiculous. This doesn't mean like the end of any relationships. It's just a it's a weird thing. Yeah, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's all really weird. And you know what the best thing is that I don't think you really have to describe it because like everyone is everyone knows exactly what you mean. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to all of you wonderful people, mostly ladies, but also some dudes for just, you know, being great and helping me out. How about you? Who's your babe? Or what's your babe? Or what has helped you get through this week? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think, I, I think that my babe once again has to be Evan. (laughs) Yeah. I totally get that. I, I, you know, I think that that he just has to be my babe because on top of just, just quarantine things, um, it's also still been migraine, you know, and it's been like my, my family doesn't, it as, I mean, it doesn't really matter right now because I wouldn't be able to see them anyway, but they're like not here, you know, they're not in yeah. the state and, um, and so it's just been a, a really strange, bizarre, stressful time, um, which everyone knows already uh but he's been the best I mean there's I just can't really even put into words like how happy I am to have him with me like I just I I think that I would be a lot more of a mess (laughs) if if I wasn't able to like direct some of my active messiness to Evan and have him be like, yeah, but like <laughs> we're doing everything that we can. Like we're staying home. He's like our, our family, we, we can tell them to do what we're doing. And the most that we can do is hope that they are doing it. Like yes. the most that we can do is just trust that everyone we know is doing what they're supposed to be doing because we can't also stress about that. Like we no. can't do it. There's so much. And, and so him being like, listen, like we can only control so much of this and we can control what we're doing and we are doing that. So take solace in that. And, yeah. and that's kind of the most that we can do. And that's, it's such a good reminder for me because it's so easy for me to just let my anxiety like spiral and be like, Oh, well, you know, I don't know if my grandparents are still having church and I don't know if my grandparents are like going to the store and stuff like yeah. My parents run a hotel, so they can't really, you know, they can yeah. limit as much as they can, but 
ultimately they are, they have people, they have strangers living at the same place that they are. So, and he's just like, you know, like we just have to kind of trust that all of the people that we know and love are, are doing what they need to be doing. And that's kind of the most we can do. It's like, it's right. absolutely the most that you can do because I mean, no matter how much you remind or tell someone, everyone knows at this point, everybody knows yeah. that they need everyone to be staying knows. home. And so if they're not, yep. that's not on you. Right. Unless yeah. they can't help it, obviously, and they have to, like, yep. you know. But if they're choosing not to for some reason, that is absolutely not on you. Right. Yeah. So, and he, you know, it's it's so easy for me to get stressed out about, like, the the leadership in this country or the lack of and yeah. and so anyway that's a really long-winded way of saying that evan is my babe of the week no i love it it's perfect so yeah big fan of that guy good i'm a fan too but yep. just like in a different way in a more supportive way right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In a, in a far off, good for you guys kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. So <laughs> I really do. Yeah. We'll probably just switch it's... off all the time. With, like, my next week will probably be Trevor. And then we'll just yeah. go back and forth Having and be like, everything is weird. Week. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, too, is that I keep seeing so many people, not not really people that I know, but like, you know, just ambient people on on the Internet being like, oh, I can't stand being in the house with my significant other for. Yeah. You know, I'm so sick of them or whatever. I'm like, what? Like, I my, my quarantine has been the best because of Evan. Like I literally I was telling Trevor this yesterday. I was like, you know, what's crazy is it just occurred to me that like a lot of people may have just moved in together or just started something and they're immediately thrown into this. And what if it doesn't work? What if it like, what if it was too quick? What if this was too much too fast? What if like all of these things? And I'm so glad that it took me a couple weeks to even realize that that was an option (laughs) because it's been great. Yeah. I mean, it's been as good as a quarantine can be, but like it hasn't been any of like, there hasn't been any, any time where I've been like, man, I wish that I was doing this alone. Fuck that. No, no, absolutely not. And yeah, it's, it's as good as a quarantine can be, but that's not, it's not another thing that I'm worried about. Right. Totally. But yeah. All that to say, I get it. What a weird, what a weird time. (laughs) Yep. What a fucking weird time. Yep. But we're going to make it. It's going to be, what it is, but yep. we got this. It'll be great. We can do Everybody it. Everybody listening, we can do it. And if you are quarantining alone, you are a really strong person, and I'm really sorry. And if you need human contact, I think our offer from last week still stands. Hit oh, us up. Always. We'd always. love it. Literally, love it. people hitting me up out of nowhere is my babe of the week. So please yeah. do. I'm really okay with it. So please do it. Thanks well, for listening, you guys. I love you. I love you. And this... And this. And all the things. And anyone listening. All of you guys. I'm going to go watch more Shit's Creek because I just started that and it's been really delightful. I need to watch that. Everyone I've ever met has been like, you would love it. The first time I started it, I wasn't, like, I guess I just, like, wasn't in the mood to start a new thing. 
So I watched a couple episodes and was like, mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. But then last night we tried again and started it from the beginning. And now it's the funniest thing in the world to me. And I love it. So I think I just needed to be in a right. mental place where I was like, I'm ready to start a new show. Yeah. And now I'm yeah. obsessed and Catherine O'Hara is a genius. I love her. Nice. Yeah. It's a good time. Well, anyway, have a great time. Pops. Thank you. I will. I will. Uh, go eat your carrots. I love you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.